The Gospel lesson this Sunday is going to be from the Gospel according to John. Um, We're going to read the first 14 verses, I think. I think that's when I'll get tired and I'll stop reading. Yeah, that's where I want to make my point. Um, It's on page 91 in your pew Bibles if you want to follow along. And um, as we usually do, the Word of God, please stand if you are able. Very familiar words that I have personally struggled with a lot in my life, and I think I've got a little bit better understanding after this week. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and beginning, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into be- being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was a light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and we know him as John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Now he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came, to know, he came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory is of Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. This truly is the word of God. Please be seated. Make yourself comfortable. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope that you had a great Christmas and happy New Year. I know we had a great Christmas ourselves. I don't remember all that much about New Year's, but... (laughs) The Christmas was good. We had... Chris's whole family over um, with us, and we were able to, uh, to celebrate together. And uh, I think we even got to watch some football on TV, which was, which was kind of nice, too. Donnie, you got time going on me? Okay. She used to do it with Wayne when he was going a little too far. She'd give him the old. And so I want you to be able to do that with me. You scowled at me. I'm not wearing my glasses. I can't see the scowl, so you have to do a little more hand motion. But if I'm on a roll, I'm going to go right over you, so... But, but please, uh, you know, feel free to talk to um, somebody at work. And how was your Christmas? Oh, it was great. It was fast, fun, and ate too much. It's like, oh, that sounded like a pretty good Christmas there. Um, I hope that's not the whole extent of Christmas. Um, and if you want to hear a really good Christmas speech, if you guys are on Facebook, uh, Rick Castro gave a really nice um, toast on, uh, that Kathy put up on Facebook. That was really nice. Have you seen it? You look pretty good. You look slim. It looks great. Uh, legally, probably. I'll have to, you guys work that one out. Um, so, you know, it's, it, and Christmas is great. We all love the whole Christmas season. We all have certain traditions. And there was a, well, there used to be a tree here. Um, there's traditions that we all have. I know we like to put up stockings. We like to read a certain book the night before Christmas. It's not towards the night before Christmas. It's a different book. Do you guys have traditions? What do you like to do for, any, for, for Christmas time? Um, in the days before Christmas, the kids put their slipper on the windowsill, and that's when you buy a 
Money? Money? <laughs> Very cool. That's cool tradition. Well, that's great. That's a great tradition. Sandy, what do you guys like to do in Christmas season? Oh, okay. That's cool. Past Christmases. That's good. That's good. Robin, what do you like to do for Christmas? My kids are older now, so not much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel you. There's no slippers on the shelves in our house. No. Marty, what do you like to do for what do you like to do for Christmas season? Tree. How big of a tree you guys get this year? Two tall flowers. <laughs> That's you, my friend. That's good. One of the things I like to do, I, uh, I have to confess this, that you know that station 1106.9, I used to playing that 24-hour Christmas music. I start listening before Thanksgiving. I know, I know. I'm the problem with that. That's why they do it. But um, I love listening to, to the Christmas carols, even at that time. Which is kind of sucking. I can't listen to Frosty the Snowman on November 15th, but I can listen to Angels We Have Heard on High. So, so I'm a little selective in kind of what I hear, but uh, I do like it because uh, it is joyful and triumphant. I do like the, those Christmas music early. And today is the fourth. It's the 10th day of Christmas. 10th day of Christmas. That's what love gave to me. Lord's a-leaping. Very good. You know, we all know that five golden rings and four, and we got that all down. 10, 11, 12, it's a little dodgy. We're not really sure, so that was good coming up with that. That's good. I had to actually look it up myself. But, but uh, it's the 10th day of Christmas, and where'd it go? Where's Christmas? It's like, yeah, well, okay, we did it. You know, 25th is over, it's over. And uh, um, so it's not really here. Ted, did you get up and take the things off? Oh, Ted's not here. Ted got up there. Yeah, but it makes my point if it's not here. So, <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be really stammering over this bump more than I am right now. But yeah, there, so he got up there, and he got I got up there last year, remember. That's, that's not a fun job. But um, uh, yeah, so we took everything down. It's like, okay, well, now what? It's over, but now what? It's one of my favorite sayings is, well, now what? Because... It, you know, some things are easy. You know, I mean, now what? For Christmas, we've got a lot of post-Christmas sales. Go shopping. I don't know if anybody's been shopping since the 25th. Lots of good deals. I got this uh, at, come here. I got this advent calendar yesterday. Woo, $1.49. I'm not eating what's in there, though. But, but yeah, I mean, they're great Christmas deals, right? Now I've seen, I was in a store and the Valentine stuff's going up. It's like, okay, we're moving on. It's, it's Christmas is over. And, and um, now we're in January, such a terrible weather month, unless it snows a lot and you're a skier. Um, any other accountants in here besides me? January. Don't you love January? <laughs> Worst month of the year. I I'm, I'm started working at a public company last year, and so now basically this means the auditors start coming through. And... Uh, I don't know when my next weekend is actually going to be. Uh, it's it's uh, January, just a horrible, horrible time. But I've always thought about well, now what? What happens after Christmas? In movies, I love I love going to the movies. I love what happens in the movies. And then it's always after like, okay, now what? 
you know, you, you, Superman movie or the Avengers, and the whole cities are destroyed, and everybody's, yay, it's happy, the aliens are gone. Like, but now what? These people have to live in this afterwards. The swashbuckling pirate comes, he saves a damsel in distress. It's like, now what? They become an old married couple, you know, brushing each other's teeth and, and everything like that. So now what? What happens? What happens afterwards? Because the events are great to look forward to. I love you know, that Christmas is an event that we hit. Um, Tracy, Max just graduated from the University of Idaho. Congratulations to him. Now what? What's he do now? Okay, oh, very good. So, so he's got something afterwards. That's good. That's good. We got some other graduates coming up. Brooke, how are you doing? Are you, are you graduating this year? May. May, wow. Now what? Okay, all right, you got something else. Oh, songs you sung graduating this year? And then he's going to go to like the, what's he going to do afterwards? Jump. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's really going to work, okay? <laughs> right, so, so the events are the other great things. You know, you've, you start a new job, it's great, but then you've got to kind of actually kind of work your job. You know, birthdays are great. I love reaching the 50, but then after that, you've got to turn 51, right? Um, and because the events are easy. Christmas is easy. And like I said, I don't have my glasses on. I can hear you rolling your eyes when I say that because, oh my goodness, I had to buy presents for everybody. I had to run on. We had a party here. I had to get the house ready and everything. It is hard to kind of get ready for Christmas, but Christmas itself, it's easy because it's a goal. It's a destination. It's an end point. You know that it's going to eventually come. You actually have a deadline. The hard part is, what's next? Now what? What happens after Christmas? Preacher goes away and the amateurs come in. Woo, preach. <laughs> I hope that one was recorded for him. <laughs> because we love Christmas and we love this story in Luke, right? The story in Matthew on and uh, it was probably written, you know, Matthew was, what, a tax collector or friends of tax collectors, and it's all about, okay, well, baby was born, and then this happened. Luke, it's great. It's like, it's, it's the, it's, there, there's angels, and there's shepherds, and there's a star, and there's, there's a manger, and there's a, there's a family, whatever, and you get these wonderful nativity scenes, and you got this camel doing this. Did you guys see the nativity? I'm doing this because you weren't here, because Shelly and Janine had, um, uh, uh, the nativity scene going, and there were two people on the camera. I don't know who that was, but they need Academy Awards. And they were, wa- and they were walking, and you don't see the heads, and they're both doing this. And it's a beautiful two-humped camel just walking through the whole thing. Who was it? It was Peyton and Carson. Okay. They're great. I love them. Do all camels or some camels have two humps? Really? Well, we had a two-humper because we <laughs> liked to involve as, as many people. Did you see some of the animals that were in here? They weren't in the Bible story. but In the Bible, in the story of Luke, was Carol Bates going on her hands and knees, walking through the town? No, she wasn't, but she certainly was here. Thank goodness for Carol. So that's great. Christmas in the book of Luke is a story about a family, about a young woman who gets pregnant, who has to break the news to her parents and her husband, and they have to take a long trek, and it's a, it's a difficult, difficult story for them. We've made it into a really nice, beautiful story because we know kind of where it ends up. But then the baby's born, you know, now what? 
So today's the 4th of January, as I said. So Tuesday is Epiphany. And there's not really an Epiphany Sunday, but, but I made it an Epiphany. I, I, took, I took the reading and I took the Epiphany, and I'll take everything else because uh, I'm covering myself. As I told Chris, I like that. When I go to the restaurant, I like to get the fisherman's platter because I, I can't make a choice. So I like one of everything. So I, that's what I did today. Um, so, so we study Epiphany, and these guys got it, I think, the now what? You know, what happens after the baby's born? Because we talked about the, the wise men, and we always talk about three wise men, and, and there were, who knows how many there were and how many of the people that were in the whole thing. But, but these people were fascinating. So the Magi was like a society, a group of people, and they were the, the masters and students of, you know, politics and science and philosophy and religion and football pools and, and you know, outdoor games, whatever. They knew everything, right? They were, they were masters of, of this and everything. When, when their people would go and conquer another group of people, they would, instead of just destroying that civilization, they would just take their, their traditions and their history and their knowledge into their collective. For you Star Trek fans, that's a nice little Borg reference. But, um, but when Nebuchadnezzar um, uh, defeated... Uh, um, uh, when, he, when he went and conquered Jerusalem, one of the people that was leaders at that time was Daniel. He took Daniel's knowledge and put it into this Magi group. And so these people, that's why they have all this knowledge of, they knew there was going to be a star. They knew because they read the scriptures, they knew about uh, the prophet Micah, who 700 years ago said, there's going to be a star, it's going to point the way to the new Messiah. So they had that in their database. And they were looking for it. They've been looking for it for I don't know how many years that they had um, that before they had conquered um, Jerusalem. So they really took the scriptures seriously, and literally, probably even more than Jewish leaders at that time, because they were looking for the star and knew that that led to the Messiah. They saw the star, bam, they headed out. And remember that um, it wasn't quite. I love how we have it as part of our Christmas story. I keep looking at Shelley about the nativity scene. The Christmas story <laughs> and Luke, you know, the, the wise men are part of it. It didn't really happen at that same time, but it's really, really nice for the story. Or the camel. Two ups. So they're looking for this star, and so, and so this, is, this group of magi, they're actually very important people uh, because of their knowledge base, because of, of where they are. So they weren't really trusted by the Romans. Um... They were feared by the people who were under the Romans, and they were hated by our old friend Herod. And you know, Herod's in the story. Herod, Herod is a bad man. I like to always refer to Herod as the Grinch who tried to steal Christmas. But he's way worse than that, wasn't he, Lynn? He was. He was terrible. He was, he was appointed when the Romans um, took over Jerusalem and they wanted to put a king in place. Well, nobody wanted the job for the Romans because who wants to look over these people? All they're trying to do is overthrow you. Certainly couldn't, couldn't put a, a Jew as a king because then that would just undermine the whole Roman, uh, uh, you know, um, just the, its grasp on the people and its rule. So they got, they got this, this, excuse me, bratty rich kid named Herod to be in that position. He was put to that post. He wasn't trusted very well, but he was a figurehead. He was a, um, uh, Herod was somebody who was, who was paranoid all the time, paranoid. He, uh, he's a spiteful man. He knew the Messiah was coming. He read the things, and, and he knew that if that happened, that would, that would underscore his rule. 
So when these magi come to him and say, hey, you know, we saw the star. Do you know the address of this, of this baby Jesus? And, he, and uh, what's Herod's response? is like, no, I don't, but if you find him, come back and tell me because I want to go worship him too. He didn't want to go worship him. He wanted to take him out. He wanted to take out the competition. He wanted to kill the baby Jesus. So the, so the Magi then go, and they, you know, they, they are important people. And so when they're going somewhere, they're basically like royalty. And they, it's, a, it's a, like a royal embassy going, emer, excuse me, that's like um, emissary. What's the word? Emissary, emissary going somewhere. So they've got they're, they're, these guys, which are the, the three that we hear about, which are pretty much administrators. You've got all their entourage. You have, you have a series of troops going because they're going into a territory that are not really liked. So there's a contingent, probably of a couple hundred people coming to this house. And they find, remember, so this is like a couple years later. It's not really at the time of, of the birth. So, so uh, Mary and Joseph and Jesus are living in a, in a house, and they go visit the house, and they bring the great, the great gifts that we all hear about. I have props for the adults, too. That's great. All right. These are the kings. Chris made these. How long ago did you make these, honey? Eighth grade. These are the We Three Kings that we just sang about. Very good. They're part of a big puzzle. It's really, really cool. So king number one was Caspar. And Caspar was the old guy of the group. Got to be the old guy of the group. Sorry about that. Excellent. Um, so Caspar was uh, um, an Indian scholar, and he brought the gold. Gold representing not only it, you know, how valuable it is, but it represents kinship, kingship. So, he's, off, so he's, off, he's actually bringing them the powers of the kings. The second one, the Persian scholar was Melchior. Is that right, Melchior? Somewhere around there. So he's, he's, about, he's about 40. Not even close. Okay, he's 42. So he brings his, his, his uh, lands uh, present of the uh, frankincense. Frankincense is the perfume that the kids smell that smells like pepper bark, apparently. So who knew? There you go. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the frankincense is the representative of, of the priest and the, and, the, and the religion and such. They're bringing him the, the, the present of preaching and religion. And the last one, the young chicken of the whole bunch, You're the young chicken. <laughs> no, Balthazar. Balthazar had, was from, um, where was he from? He was from Arabia. And so he brought, he's the one that brought the, the embalming fluid. He's the one that brought the myrrh. And, and basically they use embalming fluid, of course, when they bury bodies and such. So they, they brought him the power over death. So these three gifts that they have are very practical because they were very expensive. I know, I tried to buy some yesterday. Not good. A tax deduction. I don't worry about it. Um, so we've got gold. So they're giving him. So these, these wise men are, are giving him the power of, of, of kings. They're giving him the power of preaching, the, of religion. They're giving him the power over death. So, so, there's, so there's, no, there's practicality of them, but there's also very meaning of them. These guys understood now what? It's not just the fact that he was born. It was, there was gifts of continuity that... that 
that they weren't just short-term presents for the baby, but they were ones that he would need to do the rule over all the years. So, of course, and afterwards they were supposed to what, go back and tell Herod that, uh, that, um, that, that where they found the baby, and they did not. They went somewhere else. They were told in a dream not to. Herod was a little angry um, and went and said, well, he wasn't going to take any chances. During this time, God appears to, to Joseph in a dream, says he's got to get out, go to Egypt, because Herod's coming and he's going he's to kill the baby. Herod comes in and he wipes out, he, he slays all the children two years and under because he knows that this is, he's read the, the, proc, the, the prophet, he knows that, that the king to, to unseat him is in this group. So he goes and, just like, sounds, sounds like Moses, right? When, uh, you know, and he did all that. So it's a very, very bad man. There's this whole season right here we call Epiphany season. He said there's no Epiphany Sunday, but it's an Epiphany season. It's, you know, Epiphany means like, you know, a manifestation or appearance. And, and, and we celebrate the revelation of Christ in connection with these magi, that they understood where he was going. So, so this time that we have after Christmas, this now what period is really a time to reflect on Jesus' ministry, to really grow awareness of the significance of his life and what he was able to do. You know, as John doesn't start out with, here's the birth of, of Jesus, he starts out right away with talking about the word. So that's where we get the, the reading in today. I worked it in, wasn't sure about that. So he never mentions the birth. He celebrates, recognizes the effect of Jesus' life on the rest of us. He is the word, and the word is flesh. Now, the word of God is a very common term in, uh, among the Jews that, that, that when you talk about the word of God, the word, it's, it's an active word, right? It's, it's creative, it's dynamic, it's, it's, uh, um, it's active. It, it, it's, it's a verb, you know, running, skipping, jumping, running up trees, whatever, you know. So, so it's, the word of God is very active. And um, if he's, there's certain examples in the Old Testament like Psalm 33, 6 says, I know you know this, by the word of God, the heavens were made. It's an action verb. Psalm 147, he sets forth his commands to the earth and his word runs swiftly. Jeremiah, is not, is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer which breaks the rock in pieces? The word is flesh. There's another one in Jeremiah that Rick had this morning. So John intends to identify Jesus as the eternal word of God. He is the word. Puts him above everybody else, above all the angels, the prophets, anybody else you're going to see in the Bible, he puts him above everybody. And he came to earth in human form. But John, the the birth, was truly the beginning of something. It wasn't an end-all thing. Because Christmas is easy. See, afterwards it's a little harder. You know, what happens tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's the 5th. I know we're all thinking, right? Kids go back in school. That, okay, that's a good thing. Um, we, the adults that, that had this time off have to go back to work. And I assure you, tra- traffic is going to suck tomorrow. Can I say that? <laughs> Price isn't here. Price always tells me what I can and can't say. So, so. okay, traffic is going to be horrible tomorrow. 
But that's exactly what we can't do. We can't sit there and say, okay, well, that's over. Now we've got to go back to this mundane thing, the things that suck the life out of us. We, can't, we, have to, we have to be sucked into the important work, not the, not the dreading, not, not, the, not the commute. You know, it, it's because it seems when we take that attitude, we say that Christmas is like almost an escape, a distraction from the everyday life. And I think that's completely opposite what it is. I think what it is is that, is that um, this annual celebration of the birth of Christ should be a springboard. We should, be, we should be taking this time to renew and refresh ourselves and focus ourselves on what's important in this world and, and, and loving our God and doing his will here on earth. So now we've got all the celebration. Okay, we're all full of nice Christmas spirit. Now let's go and do stuff. I know that's hard. I think it's one of the criticisms of, uh, of us Christians sometimes. It's like, well, you know, you're so nice to us during the Christmas, and then what about the rest of the year? Probably a pretty good point. But, um, but we can't put it back in the box with the lights and the ornaments and the stockings and put it away afterwards. It has to become now part of what we do. I, but I know that's hard. Um, it's tough to do the everyday work that needs to be done in God's word, world. But we have people at this church that excel at that. I think we all come with some of the same examples in mind. Janine Taylor is a great example I could talk about because she's not here. Janine Taylor. And, um, you know, she's here all the time, right? And she's always doing stuff. Scott relies on her tremendously. Um, where's my buddy Gary Reno? Gary's always here. In fact, we were, like, wondering about stupid stuff, like, well, what do we do about this table and this chair? It's like, well, Gary will be here, so he'll take care of it. Because he knows because he's here all the time. Rick and Kathy are here all the time. Carol Bates, I mean, talk about, our, you know, she's there all the time for our spiritual needs and our, and our, and our deaconship, whether she's official deacon or not, she's always here for us. Um, Shar, I see you at church all the time. Where'd you sit, Shar? There she is, you moved. You were here before. You know, I, and people I spend with the youth group and the Logos, and Christy Thayer and, and Emily, I always point to Emily because she sits right here, and, and Eric's with us today. Hi, Eric. And uh, uh, great people. And Shirley Hanley. And you know, those people that are here all the time. And that's, that's the hard part. Because it's hard to kind of start something new when it's just going to continue. When I was years and years ago when Pastor Samuel was here, when I was kind of asked or contemplating to start the children's time, I thought, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that week after week. That's really hard to do. I just want to come to people once a year and say, you know. But... But that's hard to do every week. And, and uh, I remember calling up um, my mentor in our church in California, Cheryl goodman Morris. Cheryl and Mark were the, were the pastors of the church there, and she did the children's sermon. She, she said, just go up there and be yourself and tell them every week how they love God and God loves us. And you know I say that every time. That it's, it's just part of my little, my little catch thing. I want to... Um, leave you today with um, a quote from Howard Thurman. You guys might know who he is. He's a, he's a former dean of chapel at Boston University. Um, lived a while ago. He was a, a grandson of slaves, uh, actually friend of Gandhi. He was a mentor to Martin Luther King because he was friends with his father and he mentored, I guess that would be Martin Luther King Sr. So, and he mentored Martin Luther King Jr. And he wrote this thing about the work of Christmas. 
The work of Christmas isn't the work that we do beforehand. It's afterwards. And he says, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the night is gone, when the kings and princes are home, and when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. Christmas is easy. Now what? Amen.